The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, bringing you our mailbag edition of the Chris and Joe Show, here to provide you with answers to your NFL draft-related questions. As you may know, early on in the week, we transitioned to focusing solely on the NFL draft to fill you in and give you as much information on prospects, teams around the Giants, all the things that you need to know about. So when the when the first pick is in on April 23rd, you know exactly what you need to. And when the Giants are up, you know who they can potentially take. So today we have five questions that we are going to answer. Before we get to them, I do want to allude to the fact that we're always willing to take questions. This week we had five really, really good ones. Uh, Some questions we did not take because some were a bit reoccurring, so we decided to shy away from answering the same questions over and over again. But if you ever have any questions, you can always shoot us a DM to our personal accounts. Uh, You can send it to me at Joe DeLeon or Chris at Raptor MKII. I had one person send me their question that way, and I was very pleasantly surprised, and I was glad that somebody heeded our advice for once and and sent them directly to us. But you can also send it into our email account, uh, BigBlueView at gmail.com. So our first question is one that I'm sure a lot of people are asking right now, and it's very important for us to answer this question. Uh, This question is from Andrew Sherrock. And his question is, any chance that the draft still gets postponed? Well, from what we've seen, Chris, there's not really much of a chance of that happening. The NFL and the, and the offices at the NFL have, and also Roger Goodell have made it very clear that they are not going to postpone things. They're going to have to adjust and prepare and be ready to do things differently. Yeah, the NFL really isn't going to want to do anything that interferes with their calendar and interferes with really their income because the draft has become a huge television event. They have tons of ad space sold and they're going to do everything they can to avoid impacting that. You know, we've We've seen some ideas pitched that you know maybe spread it out to make it easier on teams with personnel working remotely, and that might come to pass. But I don't think it's likely that the NFL actually postpones the draft so people can basically all group in one area so they can have prospects there and 
team representatives there and fans there and basically have the draft as we have come to know it. I, I don't see them postponing it so that could happen. But what I do see is them really having teams work remotely because really everything that goes on in the draft can be done remotely. If if late night shows are still going on with webcams and Zoom and that sort of thing and everybody basically piecing it together from their own separate homes, the NFL can do the same thing with the draft. Yeah, my best guess and from what I've read and, and seen from various major sources is that they're saying it's going to be some type of a studio show, how they're going to go about it and how they're going to do it. My best guess is they probably would do it in the Culver City um, studio that they have for NFL Network and they'd probably keep it very small and tight knit, probably just on NFL Network because they likely would not want two production teams in one small studio. But I don't think there will be any issues with the broadcast. I think team teams might have a bit of a difficult time if they can't uh, get into their war rooms and do all that stuff. But if you think about it, and I think one of the best phrases that I have ever heard in terms of how things work with professional football and the NFL, and I heard it from former special teams coordinator Gary Zahner who said, uh, at a camp I was at, he said that you have to be able to improvise and adapt. So when things don't work out well, you have to be able to react to those things and find the next best solution. So all these teams, while some are a bit disgruntled that it's not going to go that they the way that they want it to, they still will be able to. They're, they should be able to improvise, adapt, and be able to... Um, react to what's going on. The other thing that we've seen, though, which I think is a bit of an interesting option that Adam Schefter put out there into the uh, the void that there's a, a possibility and, and it would be an interesting option to spread out the draft over seven days. So instead of doing the three days, you do a round a day, it breaks things up, it gives teams a little bit more time because they're a bit more spread out. It allows everyone to get situated, and also it's extra entertainment because right now we have <laughs> nothing else to watch, and we're all looking forward to the NFL draft because that's the only form of entertainment that is live, sports-related, and, and coming up. Yeah, and I have to say that would also make life a lot easier for us because it would give us more time to you know, react, digest, produce content for everybody listening and reading, so I... I would be entirely in favor of that. And it would also make life a lot easier for the rest of the media ecosystem who might not be used to working remotely. Yeah, not everyone is 100% used to it. So like you said, uh, it might help in everyone's favor to spread things out, give people a little bit more time to be situated. So our next question that we have from Biff Larkin, he is asking about the centers in this year's draft class. He says there are six centers in this draft class who could start for the Giants and should be a big upgrade. What do you think? So we pulled to our big board collaborative list and we were only able to come up with five guys that we really think are going to be starters in this league and have high upside and can contribute and the bottom one at the very end of the list is Nick Harris who's a bit of a question mark because of some of the issues he showed at the senior bowl but the list that we had was Cesar Ruiz, Lloyd Cushenberry III, Matt Hennessy, Tyler Biotish and then like I said Nick Harris, all the guys that we've been really pushing as options for the center position. Yeah, for the Giants specifically, I would probably look most closely at Ruiz, Cushenberry, and Biotish. 
just because Jason Garrett has always gone back to power man gap schemes on the offensive line. That's what he initially installed when he became the Cowboys offensive coordinator. And ever since he kind of gave up the offensive coordinator job, the team has still constantly, consistently gravitated back to a man gap scheme, even when they were having great success with a zone blocking scheme. Once the offensive coordinator changed, they pretty much just went right back to man gap. So that's what I am more or less expecting to see from them next year. And I would look at the bigger, more powerful centers like Ruiz, Cushenberry, and Biotish. And I would absolutely love to see the Giants draft any one of them somewhere in the first three rounds. Yeah, all of them are great options for fixing the the Giants' center issues. And I think that day two range is really perfect for getting a guy that can step in and start. And when we put together this collaborative list, we found it kind of funny that we were putting it together and it was so center heavy at the top that we had five guys and then it was guards. And that very rarely will happen. There's years where you have Quentin Nelson and Brandon Scherf who are top 10 players and they're drafted to play guard for your team. Well, in this case, It's very center-heavy. You have to take advantage of the fact that there are all those options. Taking at least one of them will be very crucial for improving the offensive line for the Giants. And I I honestly think that there's plenty of opportunities for them to do so on that day two, maybe very early on day three in round four, depending on if someone slides. Our next question is from Edwin Gomers, who has sent in a ton of questions to us over the past month or so. His question is a very interesting one. If you recall recently, the Dallas Cowboys signed former pass rusher who's been out of the league for multiple years, Alden Smith. Now he had some off the field issues. Now he's back. So his question is, with the Cowboys signing Alden Smith, should the Giants, under the new CBA rules, those rules that allow for more flexible testing for marijuana use and also no more suspensions, but rather fines for it. Take a look at a guy like Martavis Bryant if he's in football shape and gets reinstated. They have a big need at wide receiver. Bryant has was electric and healthy and could be a low-cost, low-risk option. So I'm going to say, Chris, I think this is a very interesting idea. And I think that the fact that the CBA has changed the landscape for marijuana-related suspensions, that it opens things up for someone like Martavis Bryant or Josh Gordon to come and play for the Giants. And like he said, low cost, low risk, low cost, low risk, because it's not going to cost them probably a ton. It'll probably be a, a prove it type deal or probably be a one-year deal. And if it works out, he'll be a huge contributor. And Joe Judge is kind of familiar with Josh Gordon because he was there when Gordon was with the Patriots. Yeah, that would be a really interesting move for the Giants and one I would not be opposed to. I think the question is whether or not John Mara would be opposed to it. Because even though you know guys might not be getting suspended anymore, he pretty much a few years ago laid down the law and said no red flags when it comes to the draft. And the Giants have typically, ever since then, gone for guys who are high-character players. They want guys who are going to be leaders in the locker room. And while I'm not going to 
say that marijuana use has anything to do with your character, it, especially not in my eyes, even though I don't partake, I don't care if anyone else does either. But John Mara might. And that I think is where the hang up would be. Personally, I would say, yes, bring Martavis Ryan in for a look as soon as we are able to uh, bring Josh Gordon in for a look. Also, I, I would bring Will Hill back in for a look because the Giants also have that need at free safety, and we know Will Hill can play that. So with the CBA change, I, I would like it if that opened up opportunities for guys. It really should open up some more opportunities because the red flags for teams that were trying to be cautious was because they didn't want to have a guy on their roster that was going to end up being suspended for four to six games or even a full season. So now that those suspensions are gone, it's really just a matter of if Dave Gettleman wants to remain old school in his in his thinking and and not really mess around with guys that are going to be racking up fines for dumb stuff like that, like marijuana usage. It's really based on what Gettleman decides, but I think it is an, a very interesting option to explore because the Giants aren't in desperate need of receivers, but someone like that would would very much improve the receiver group and add a, a little bit of extra uh, boost to that position group. We've got two more questions, but before we get to them, we're going to take a very short commercial break. Our next question from Parent I9, another guy who keeps sending us tons of great questions. His question is who is the most underrated offensive tackle to pick in round two? So we'll give you a couple guys here. I think one who, more specifically, if he slides out of the first round, that could be a viable option in round two early on at that fourth pick is Josh Jones from Houston. Now, there's not really a great chance of that happening because teams are always going to be higher on offensive tackles and left tackles in particular. But if he does slide that far, I think someone like Josh Jones is a great option. As of right now, it hasn't dropped on on the site yet, but you just did the, our scouting report on Josh Jones. And he is a very intriguing prospect. He's At least from what I've seen, it doesn't look like he has the consistency yet, but he definitely has the tools to start. For my money, if we're talking underrated guys, I keep coming back to Matt Peart. Jim Nagy, the director of the Senior Bowl, he has compared Peart on multiple occasions to DeBrickishaw Ferguson. Personally, for me, I see quite a bit of uh, Will Beattie in him. Uh, but either way, just a really good-sized, athletic tackle prospect. Yeah, he has played both left and right tackle. He really just needs to build up some play strength. And I think he does definitely have starting upside. I think either one of those guys, if Jones happens to fall out of the first, or maybe the Giants could kind of take a pick out of left field and get peered, or if they happen to trade back and acquire a second second round pick, that, that could be ideal. Yeah, there are a couple other interesting options too. I think maybe Austin Jackson from USC could be uh, in play there as well. There's not as many talented guys in the second round, but like the question asks, there are some underrated players. I think Peart definitely fits that threshold in that mold of underrated. He's coming from a smaller Division One FBS program that's not really notable for producing great talent, and they've been very much underperforming over the last few years, but Pert has been a bright spot for them, and I think that he could be a really good option if 
hypothetically, the Giants don't go tackle and decide to go with someone like Isaiah Simmons or uh, other defensive players, depending on who's on the board. So if if they don't take that guy, they can potentially get somebody early on in round two. Our last question is from Rob Leonard. His question is, there's a lot of speculation that Darius Slayton could become the Giants wide receiver one. Do you guys see this happening? I honestly would not be surprised if Darius Slayton continued to grow and improve and became the number one wide receiver on the roster. That's depending on if the Giants, who they draft, if they draft any receivers. But I think that Slayton has a lot of upside and we're not really at that full ceiling of what he can really hit yet. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be a dominant force for the Giants over the next decade, but he has a lot of potential. He looked really good in spots. When he was healthy and on the field, he was a go-to option for Daniel Jones. So seeing what he was able to do as being a a um, a deep threat for the Giants offense, I think Slayton could work out very well, especially under the new offense that's going to be implemented with Jason Garrett. Yeah, I'm not going to hang a uh, number one wide receiver on him. I I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way because I like Slayton. I think he like you. I think he has a ton of upside. He's really just scratching the surface of what he could could potentially be. But he does also have issues. He needs to work on. He needs to get more consistent at the catch point. He needs to get a lot better at creating separation. I think in terms of Sterling Shepard will be the Giants' best receiver next year, assuming he is able to stay healthy. And you know, with concussions and all of that, that is absolutely a question mark. Fingers crossed, hopefully that is behind him and he will be able to stay healthy because brain injuries are scary. But I do believe Shepard will continue to be the Giants' best, most consistent receiver. I, I personally see Slayton as being a very high wide receiver three, a, a really good one. That is not a slight because Mario Manningham made a ton of plays as a very good wide receiver three. Miles Austin was huge for the Cowboys offense as a very good wide receiver three. And I absolutely see Slayton growing into that role for the Giants. I'm not going to say he's going to become a true wide receiver one like uh, Julio Jones or uh, Amari Cooper or one of those guys who who commands double teams and can beat them consistently. Yeah, I think you put it best there in acknowledging that he's not really going to hit that, or not that he won't hit that, but you're, there's not as much of a likelihood that he hits that true wide receiver one mold of being an elite starter that's always going to be the best receiver on a team or he's going to be the best receiver on this team. But you still can get a ton of production out of Darius Slayton if you're using him as your third receiver or if he steps up ahead of Golden Tate and is your second receiver, depending on where you put him. It's not so much about where he is on the depth chart. It's how he's on how he's placed on the field, how the Giants offense uses him, how Daniel Jones likes to use him. He has a lot of potential. We're going to have to see what actually ends up happening with him, but he's a guy that we've talked up very positively after a very strong rookie year. That's all we have for today's show. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us. And also follow us on social media. You can follow us at Big Blue View. You can also follow 
me at Joe DeLeon, and you can follow Chris at RaptorMKII. We'll be coming back next week with more NFL draft content. Be sure to stay tuned for more draft talk.